Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. Stan, Raf, and Ro together again with no guest this week, which right. makes this kind of weird in a sense. But I don't mind because we haven't really done one of these episodes in a very long time. It's it's been... Been... We were supposed to have a guest this week, but as, as with most people, she got sick. And, you know, because of the shit weather we're having right now. Uh, I'm not sure if you're sick, because the two of us no, are I'm sick. not sick yet, but... You're getting exposed there. Ex- with, you know, being exposed to the, the rest of the population who is getting sick at the moment. It's going to be a bit, you know, sooner-related thing. You know what's the worst part? Like, when you're trying to get certain meds and it's out of stock, which is actually <laughs> happening to me. I've, I've gone through three Mercury drugstores in the past two hours, and I can't find my fucking meds. It's fucking annoying. And, and this isn't even the super rare hard-to-find meds like, say, people with mental disorders have to purchase. That's just for hard to find. Well, <laughs> anyway. I wouldn't know, but like I, I did have, you know, I, I did date someone with a mental disorder, sure, so sure, sure. I know for a fact that some of these medicines are hard, hard to find. So if if it's something more common, pana, you know, for the fucking common cold or for an allergy, puta mas nakakaburacha. So ilang, I, I just had to get it out there, na it's the worst possible time for these drugstores to get to go out of stock. Bahala mo kasi malaming buibili kaya siya na out of stock. Yeah, everyone is buying the same shit you are probably. I'm not alone. I don't I don't know, know, what kind of meds are you even buying anyway? Uh, anti-allergy meds. Oh, it's I think what? Thiotin? No, Thiotin? no, it's uh, no, no, Coadiva. No. All right. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a little stronger. stronger. Yeah. Ah, it's a little stronger. I see, I see. Yeah, so I actually take it before I go on a flight. I, I, I have like respiratory problems, so I really need it the whole year. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, I hope that you're not sick. If you're listening to this, I hope that you're in much better shape than two-thirds of the podcast is right now. We've been in worse. <laughs> For now. <laughs> We've been <laughs> in worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't jinx yourself. That, that's why I've got my hanky ready. I, oh, right. I have my hanky too. See, etiquette. It's only a matter of time. I also have a wet wipe over there, sanitary wet wipe. Etiquette, see? Yeah. Does you wonders. Does you so many wonders. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we did have a very eventful week in pro wrestling, and it's about to get even more eventful as we head towards Renaissance this Sunday at Fisher Mall. But before that, we got to take you back to this past Monday when we saw Money in the Bank. And really, the one thing that everyone has been talking about mm. is the Women's Money in the Bank match and its aftermath on SmackDown yesterday. Uh, when I'm layers to unpack with this particular decision, as you, uh, for those who don't know, uh, 
James Ellsworth pulled down the briefcase for Carmella. And she and, caught it. And she caught it, yeah, obviously, because James Ellsworth is, is not in the match. He's not a woman, so he's not qualified to win the women's championship, right? So, technically, Carmella won it through him. And, well, for one thing, uh, first layer is we don't know if this was the, you know, everything that happened, including the subsequent decisions on SmackDown. We don't know if the whole thing, the whole package, was the intended booking direction they were going to go in. Uh, it's easy to say that they reacted to you know everyone's reactions and decided to you know call an audible over there and and re- and book a rematch yeah. next week. But it's also uh, it's also easier. I mean, it's also pretty easy to say that they set up the whole thing by you know not even letting the announcer. I think it was Mike Rome. Uh, Announced Carmella as a winner, so it was like all James Ellsworth. It was all rogue, so it's either one of those two things right now. So at this point, one of the other major layer to unpack here is that they're clearly, obviously, doing this for people to talk about it. That's why we are talking about it right now, four days after, uh, three days after. Uh, that's why people are, you know, raging all over the internet and why the match was recalled and bo- uh, no, uh, why a rematch it was booked was booked. that yeah, way yeah, yeah. in the first place. It's not. It's not as simple as says saying that they're restarting the match because people are pissed off. But yes, but, but they, they are. They, what? They are, no, no, okay, wait. Diane Bryan is pissed off. One of the most important persons on the SmackDown Live authority. They're, they're pissed off. It's pissed off. They're pissed off. But at the same time, it also put into question how winning the Money in the Bank doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go up. Unhook the briefcase the way that we've seen it done so many times. Yeah, uh, that's not the point we were trying to make here. Obviously, you can now. Well, at this point, at this until, point, until, until they the rematch, it. Yeah, yeah, until they reversed it. But uh, uh, the biggest issue here is, uh, for one thing, you you got work. I mean, people get work because that's what a heel does, right? But on the other hand, is is there any wisdom at all for having done that for the very first women's Money in the Bank ladder match? All right, let's let's go through this one by one. Because when I first watched it, I got work. I was kind of annoyed. Now, what the fuck, Ellsworth? Right? Like we were all expecting that mm. historic moment. That there's a woman who actually unlatches the brief, uh, unhooks the briefcase, and then takes it down with her. Mm. And we didn't get that, yep. so that really uh, pissed me off. But then afterward, I found myself just laughing at what I. Perceived to be the brilliance of the move, because if you were, if the intended goal was to really build Carmella up, up as this new heel, then mission accomplished. People were hating her for how she won, and people hated Ellsworth even more. So again, they did what they set out to do. But what, my bigger issue is the fact that they had to go <coughs> back on it instead of doubling down on it, because. By the time we saw SmackDown, tapos na eh. Mm, Ginawa mo na, napag-usapan na ng tao, na-process na rin. Yeah, it's one thing to say then, uh, you should have done this, should have done that. Uh, yeah, obviously, you should have, you know, given us, the, as I said in, in, my, in my review for Money in the Bank, that Wonder Woman moment where, you know, WWE has their own version of uh, women empowerment, right? Uh, I mean, you have the main Young Classic for sure. You got, you know, an, an all-women's tournament happening later this year. But I was saying... Uh, it's still the main show. It's still SmackDown. It's still a pay-per-view moment. And to have that visual would have meant so much to women all around the world, women wrestling fans all around the world, right? But, okay, fine. That didn't happen. So, yeah, uh, you made your bed and you lay in it. And now, 
to go back on what you set out to do originally is to, one, pretty much tell the whole world that you are pussyfooting on your own decisions. Yeah, so uh, th- that's that's basically what I was trying to get at. Now, you you could have just gone all in on the decision. Oh, might as well, right? Yeah, dapat inangkin mo na you own it and you just go with it because people were hating Carmella anyway. But instead, uh, now WWE looks like, uh, as you said, um, they're, they're pussyfooting around their their own booking. And I think that if the idea there was to really go through reactive booking, it it shows that this is one of the worst times to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny part is. Uh, to you know, take back the the briefcase from Carmella is to strangely give her some more. I don't know, not even heel heat, but face sympathy. Mm. Because did any? Okay, I just want to ask: do, Did any of you have any problem with Carmella winning? Carmella, no. no In a yeah, vacuum, just, 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 no. Just, just Carmella, Carmella, no, Carmella, no. Of course not. No, I, I don't mind. Uh, as you, as I, you know, any of the other women could have, you know, earned their own opportunities because you know Carmella is like one of the bottom tier re- women's wrestlers in. In, in, the, in the ranking, in the division, right? So, yeah. parang, okay, you give the briefcase to someone who wouldn't normally get the shot. The parang, and that would elevate her. Yeah, just you would bit. always, you know, you would always have her in, the, in your back pocket. Hmm. It's something, and it's something that, you know, I didn't have a problem with. Now, winning that way, yes, I have the problem. But her herself, the parang, well, it's a star building moment. And I could yeah, have it was, yeah, that. sure. That would have been really nice. But, you know, here we are. If they're not turning her face, I don't know. No, they're they're not turning her face, sure. pero yeah. it it was counterintuitive in the sense na yeah n- ngayon may ibang fans na awa kay Carmela now oh. that the briefcase was actually Ako taken from her. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. Uh, w- w- what also upset me is how Daniel Bryan made such a huge deal out of the announcement. Tapos parang it to, to say that you're gonna have another match next week. Yes. Yes, it kind of hypes money in the bank. I kind of SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it devalues money in the bank as a match. Mm. And it, especially as a women's match. Yes, yes. One, because it's supposed to happen only once a year. It's a treat you only get once, and now you can get it on free TV a week right after it originally happened. So you really devalue the money in the bank ladder match in the process. And that's something I hate as someone who really loves that match format. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's funny because. Uh, we're, it's gonna go down in the history books as the first ever women's money in the bank is an asterisk because oh they're gonna have a rematch for it again, right? For in in a couple of weeks in you know in a week a, a week after they did the first one, so it's it doesn't look good. It, it's not a good look for for you know the history books. So go to you can still salvage it years from now with with each successive money in the bank event. Sure, that's fine, but you know you'll water down this one. Yeah, you water down the big. You know the big historic moment, which you know. By the way, WWE is a huge fan of Vince McMahon is a huge fan of the first ever moment. Mm-mm. The the thing that also frustrates me is how Carmella already had a good heel promo to kick off uh, kick off SmackDown. Mm. She justified the way she won, and she even cited examples. Now, in the past, Seth Rollins needed Kane to bring him up, and uh, there was another example she named that I can't think of at the moment. And I thought that it, it was such a good way for her to act all self-righteous. Mm. Yeah. It, it was the perfect way to get her over as a heel. And they could have stopped right there. Yeah. They could have had all the women complain to Daniel Bryan. And in the end, he could have just said, nah, I will uphold these rules because wala um, you know, um, th- there's no precedent for this. And the briefcase has already been retrieved. Yeah. So, they, they really just dropped the ball on that by it, announcing the rematch. It's funny because whatever Bryan chose to do, it would have been the right choice. You know, it, it would have made sense. It was what I'm saying. 
whether he whether he goes through with what he did this week, it's fine. It makes sense. Whether he keeps it, you know, whether whether he keeps that uh, result, it's also fine. <laughs> it's just a matter of which, which necessary you evil with? you're gonna have to go with. And now it's clear that we should have just gone with you know keeping the status quo as it is right now. That said, who is going to win Money in the Bank next week? I think this is the one thing we can predict, uh, right? <laughs> I'm going to have to predict Carmelo. Oh, don't know. At this point, at, at this point, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, no, it does It does make sense. No, no, it doesn't make sense for it to be anyone else. Yeah, yeah actually, yes, yes, yes. Because if you not Carmelo, wait, no take backsies. No. You're already giving her the push. You're, you're committing to this push, so you might as well. Yeah. One, Kawawa is Carmela. Two, um, whoever wins it, Looks cheap in the process because uh, it's like they were given a, they were given a hand me down. Yeah, even if yeah, it, n- even if it were someone we like, like you know Becky or Charlotte or you know who else? Natty, Natty, Natty. sure, <clears throat> or even Maria, whatever. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk to her, uh, talk about <laughs> I mean, her. In a bit. Yeah, it should be Carmela because you already you already decided to go with it, so you might as well go with it. Besides, if you don't make Carmela miss money in the bank, what else is she gonna do? I mean, you you. Storyline with Ellsworth works best at this point with the money in the bank factor mm. because, as, as you said in your review, there was a subservience angle, yeah. which I really loved. I love that subtext because oh. it's a reversal of the of the of the normal manager role where you know you have the guy who's who's being very subservient to Carmela. Yeah. So so there, I I think that the best course of action is really to just let Carmela win again and legitimize her in the process since we're already here. Anyway, um, are, are, are we done with the Carmela issue? Yep, I'm good. We're good? All right. So uh, we mentioned Maria Canellas earlier, and this is a rumor that popped up over the weekend, and it's, been, it's obviously official at this point. She and Mike Bennett, or I should say Mike, Mike Canellas, my God, <laughs> have debuted as SmackDown Live superstars, and I love the song. Mm. Uh, the song is, well, if you heard it at the top of the show. Yeah. It is good. It is actually uh, one of the candidates for Song of the Year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's running away with Song of the Year now. <laughs> As of this moment. At the halfway point yeah. of the year, yeah. The first, the first thing I, heard, uh, I thought when I heard the song was, wow, that is some campy 90s boy band shit. And <laughs> no, then, it's no, not! I realized it wasn't. Let me finish, let me finish. And then I realized it was 80s power ballad and the, and the vocals were so Steve Perry-esque. Uh. <laughs> when, I, like, when, I, when I first heard it, wait, they got Cheap Trick to sing this? <laughs> They have a cheap trick to unretire. They have a white snake. They have a, they have a pointing at <laughs> Not journey, is it? Well, pointing no, no, journey. They have a white lion. White snake and white lion. Either or. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you get all of these campy power ballad <laughs> bands from like the this 80s. Fucking stuck in my head. I, know, I, I would like to thank, even though, uh, I would like to thank Sifo Dollar Sign, even though. Uh, this is so out of his element. No, no, you, no it's not. Because, like, apparently, uh, he can do any genre. <laughs> No, you saw this with Glorious yeah, yeah, Domination, right? Yes. Uh, um, even though the song was typical of his formula in which there is one verse that he's re- one verse hook, pre-chorus, whatever, he's repeating through the entire three or so minutes, it managed to get me, you know, it managed to it's get Despacito out of my head. Hey! <laughs> I hate that song, too. Wait, how, how can you hate Despacito? Yeah, Despacito, Despacito is a great song, but it's not, it's not better than... No, no, than it's not better than Danza Kuduro. Yes, exactly. But I, I hate it, I'm sorry. 
No, I, I love the song. Sorry. I love uh, I, I love the Mike and anyway. I love the Mike and Maria Canella songs yes. because it's the right amount of it's it's the right amount of cheesy. Uh-huh. You, you can play it at the resting entrance, and you can play it to troll your friends. I think this is Cifos's Anna. Uh, this is his smoke and mirrors right now. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know smoke and mirrors is off the same genre. Anyway. It is. It is. Uh, you know, or, or, or something like that. But uh, uh, it's it's one of the most memorable things he's made. I think he's on. He's, he's uh, they, a, this, they, but uh, they're they're two people. They. Yeah, they're like the chain smokers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they are the chain smokers. Yes, they are the chain smokers of the WWE. Yes, in, in the sense that they they just simplify the music writing process. Oh, I'm not with that. Even though it shouldn't always be simple. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So okay, so hardworking guest Jim Johnston. Yeah, so I like that we're talking about this because um, at, at the new radio station I work for at Home Radio, there's this guy who comes after me. Uh-huh. His name is Patrick, and he asked me, "What is the reason behind the chain smokers hate?" And I had to explain. He doesn't get it. Yeah, he doesn't Wait, get oh it. Oh my god! How long has he been at the station? Uh, how long has he been weeks. a DJ? Three okay, weeks. three weks. Okay. Uh, so he how long has he been listening to music? Uh, well, he <laughs> plays like he's played with Rico Blanco and other musicians. Okay, but he doesn't get it. He, okay. he doesn't get the hate. So I had to tell him that from like a purist standpoint, or like if you are no, not even a purist standpoint, just from a if you like good music... Yeah, oh. I had to explain that they just take some simple melody and then they just write over it yeah. and, and they repeat. Yeah, and, they, video. and they just use oh. some, some words uh, or, or lines that don't always make sense and even when they do, sobram babaw niya. Actually, you know, I think they're doing it for SEO purposes. <laughs> At this point, I really think it's SEO purposes with that. Actually, that makes sense. Uh, SEO songwriting. Oh. What do millennials like? What will they search for? What Easy are the keywords? No points. money. <laughs> Sex with your ex. God Stealing a mattress. <laughs> From your boyfriend in some place. In Colorado. God. So, so, so there. So I had to explain that this is why the chain smokers hate exists on top of the fact that they're just so everywhere. But I, I would say that, you know, even though Sifos is the, the, the wrestling chain smokers, they are still better than the chain smokers. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they're flexible. They yeah, yeah. They, they're flexible and they do try harder. It just so happens that their harder is still pretty simple. Yeah, because they can't even be bothered to write a second verse oh, like alone a bridge. Oh, put that in F4. And I can attest to this because if you know your F4 discography, most Taiwanese pop songs, F4 included, have the same formula. It's verse, hook, verse, hook, repeat. The second verse is the first verse. I'm on bridge. I'm breakdown. Yeah. Like the breakdown at most is like some instrumental interlude. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I mean, you get that, you know, uh, wrestling themes are supposed to go over and over until the, the wrestler gets to the ring. But, but all the same, come on. I mean, no, second verse no, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Jim Johnson has written like this as well. But you don't really realize it because his, his music, his composition usually sounds really engaging. And it's, in, it's iconic. Mm. It's iconic. He writes for things to be iconic. And then again, there are real songs from mainstream bands. Not like like The Game, King of Kings, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voices, yeah, that too. Metalingus, I Walk Alone. These are all songs that buong buo. Whatever, uh, Slow Chemical, all of these songs are full songs oh. with verses and a bridge. What's the budget for bands? No, no, they do. I mean, they got I mean, incendiary for the, yeah, co- for for the Alistair, Alistair Black, Black, song. Black song. Which is oh, also yeah, yeah, excellent. Right. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, it's it's okay, but really, there are only two verses oh. with like four lines each. That's but it. it's it's very good. I don't even know what the lines it's a are. Very but good hook. <laughs> um, wait, I, I wrote this. So uh, like, I wait, 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 wait. No man is ever truly good. No man, no man is, is ever truly, truly evil. evil. I do things you never could, and we will never be equal. Yeah. 
That's it. That's it. And, and it's yeah. so good. Think, do we know if the wait is the Jinder Mahal song also repeating verses? Uh, no, no. Yo, let's check, let's check with Nino. The, no, the, he wrote the thing. I wrote the TST oh, wrote on the that. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. He wrote the song. <laughs> was like, you wrote the so song. So share yes. is the title of the song. It's it's uh, Punjabi for lion. Yeah. yeah, there are actually two verses. And then there's the hook. And then the lyrics, when you translate them, are so badass. Oh. Like, actually, no, no I, mother has ever given birth to a child who can beat me. Putang what? So I love that bar. Even if you don't, obviously. Is this slowly becoming the mid-year, the mid-year evaluation? No, no, just uh, talking about theme songs. Yeah, because it's it, it's just apropos <laughs> right now. It's apropos, it is appropriate. Um, yeah. So no, no, wait, no. Oh, wait, who, who composed the Bray Wyatt song? That was probably Jim Johnson. No, that was Mark yeah, Crozer. And there was they a outsourced. Ah, they outsourced it. Oh, yeah. yeah, the guy who performed live about his first yeah. mania uh, in 2014. Even the instrumental bits are repetitive. are good. But then again, no, no, no. no. Uh, even, even the instrumental themes that they compose ah, are repetitive yeah. but then again most instrumental themes are repetitive then, so. yeah they're meant to be loops yeah. oh well so, the, the few ones that aren't totally loopy are the Dean Ambrose song which actually has like a bridge yeah. and there's this one other song well if, you, if, if the Fandango so- song counts because my but Jim Johnson made that song Johnson made it? yes yeah. it was Johnson oh, okay. yeah that's why it's so good ah. and that's why it's not synth Compared to say the Lana song, yes, 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 exactly. Uh, that, that theme, hindi siya authentic sax, right? Yep. Sax. Yeah, but I like the Lana song. Like it, it gets me to bob up and down, you know, bob my head up and down, and you know, it, it gets the job done. Um, for for more of these, actually, you can go to smartkenny.ph. I've I've revived to, uh, theme song Tuesday as a every column. Every Tuesday, yeah, it's a, every Tuesday morning it goes up, and um, I I will probably be doing the Canellas couple theme song by next Tuesday, just because it's it's that worth talking about. All right, uh, moving on, let's talk about the Canelesis because okay. uh, we, we, we did start by talking about the song before we digressed. But what are your thoughts on the fact that, first off, he took her last name? That's fine. I, I have a really hot take on this. Uh, uh, there are people complaining because of the Mike Bennett did not go through NXT. Neither did AJ Styles. No, but AJ Styles is not. AJ hey, Styles, Mike, Mike, Mike Bennett, Bennett is not as good as AJ yeah. Styles. Mike Bennett is actually pretty. Is, is a pretty by the by the mill, uh, run of the mill guy. Run of the mill uh, WWE style guy. So he's also not better than the club because yeah. the club also bypassed NXT. Yeah, he's not yeah. better than the club. Um, no, because okay, take into consideration. Not even better than Luke Gallows. Yeah. No, no. Take into consideration first and foremost that AJ Styles bypassed NXT simply because he was he is a world beater of a talent. He's also been through TNA. Yeah, you know. he's been he's been there, done that. The club, from a tag team perspective, are solid hands that well could have bypassed it because there's not much for them to do down there. I don't know, man. But I mean, Better you know, man, guys but like Rob, Bobby Roode, but, Bobby Roode. Uh, but I think he is he's signed to SmackDown because he is a male valet like James Ellsworth. Wow. Because I think I think the main signing was Maria. From the way they're from the way that it's it. going, mm. I don't mind. I don't mind because of the two of them. I'm really more hot about Maria anyway. Yeah, oh, but Mike Bennett is Mike Bennett is entertaining. Oh, people people to watch. hate Mike Bennett. You say. I mean, I, 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 I like Mike Bennett. I, I, like I don't. Him. I don't hate him. So what I like him in the hate? Uh, yeah, he's. But um, I don't. Know. He's. It's like. Uh, it's kind of like Cody at this point, or. But um, he didn't deserve. He doesn't. He, no, he's kind of bland. He, yeah, yeah, he's bland. He is bland. He's not. Mike Bennett never was like in ROH in his heyday. Yeah. Uh, he was like uh, with the king. He was like in the middle of the indie guys who in these spot monkeys who like to do lots of cool shit. All he could do was 
generic WWE style stuff. Yeah, it's not it's not hard to watch him, but at the same time, he doesn't get you out of your seat going, "Oh my god, I, I want to see this guy." I like him. I respect him. But he's respectable. He's a respectable uh, talent at the end of the day. He works hard. He does his. But he's, he's not going to stand out to SmackDown. Though. He's not. That's why I think he's. Uh, no, he's been signed as a valet. To make him stand out in the process, about but no, how do you stand no, no, out? no, no, I think no, no, no. Maria is, I think, gonna compete, gonna compete in women's division. And how does he stand out next to say James Ellsworth, who fulfills the same role? Well, he's not ugly for one. That's one. He can talk. He can talk, sure. He yeah. can talk. Ellsworth can talk. I mean, no, must no, be, no, be presence in Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett's actually pretty okay on the mic. Like when his run with the Kingdom. That's why he's the leader of a stable, right? Yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. But the thing is, um, for those of you who haven't really seen Mike Bennett just yet. Pull up his old ROH tape with the Kingdom. He did a few rounds in NJPW. It's not bad. Really puzzling decision on the part of SmackDown to not book Mike Bennett and, and Maria to come out on SmackDown. Like, they debuted at Money in the Bank. People were talking about them. And yet all we can get out of uh, the Canalysis post-SmackDown is a Fallout video. Not even fucking talking Smack. Oh, I am weird. Didn't, they didn't do a dark match? No, that was it. There was a, no. They came out and introduced themselves again. <laughs> Which is weird because they already did that in front of a bigger audience. Yeah, Money in the Bank. When they did that on Money in the Bank, it really felt to me that and the impromptu Fandango, uh, Brizango, Ascension match. It felt a lot like raw booking. Now, oh, these are th- these are people who are showing up just because, and might as well. Yeah. Uh, so it that didn't quite sit well <sighs> with me. Yeah, me neither. Um, so you have uh, Mike and Maria Canellis, who are also who are a legit married couple oh. right, in real life. Yep. On Raw, you have Miz and Maurice, and now they're being broken, broken up. up. And uh, one of one of the reasons behind that, according to the rumor mill, is Vince doesn't want to have married couples on competing brands, which is silly which because you have Rusev and Lana yeah. on SmackDown also. So there are actually three married couples on both uh, both brands. So I, I think that Lana and Rusev will be split. I mean, you know, uh, kept away from yeah, kept away from each other. From the way Lana's being booked now. And then you have, well, when Cena and Nikki, that's gonna happen. Oh, yes, yeah. Is Nikki Yimpa. even coming back? Isn't she, like, I, effectively I think, I think retired? She's, uh, no. she's effectively semi retired. The rumors are that she will come in every now and then. The status of Nikki Bella is that she's eventually gonna come back every now and then. And Brie Bella is also coming back. Like once, uh, once the uh, the pregnancy things. I mean, like she's given birth, but like once everything's been taken care of. Yeah, my maternity leave, pa yan, <laughs> Wait, is Brie gonna be on SmackDown? I don't oh, know. actually, yeah, she didn't get drafted, no. Yeah, because wouldn't she, make sense if she wasn't though. Actually, no, but she retired like after uh, thirty-two. Yeah. After thirty-two, which was like months before the brand extension. Yeah. So technically, she's a free agent, much like Cena is. Mm. But if Brian is on SmackDown, then yeah, yeah I, it doesn't it make, make sense, sense for her to yeah. not be on SmackDown. Then okay, so let's let's unpack the Miz and Maurice thing because that kind of upsets me in the sense that Miz is at his best right now, and that is because of the, the Maurice factor. Like, I like it or so. not, I, I don't think he needs Maurice to be the best. It's just that katawang na may make a bounce off siya. Ang ganda ng chemistry nila eh. Like, um, I don't think Miz has ever looked this comfortable in all of his years in WWE. Even when he was champion. Like, this is... This, this is, is him. Peak. Yeah, this, this is peak, peak Miz. Miz. He's peaking right now. And I think that losing Maurice right now will really take away from that. Hmm. Well, I, have, I, I think we have to give it a chance. Like, just to see how... Where, where they're gonna go with this. Because Maurice in herself isn't doing much for me anymore. Like, like just, just as as Maurice, 
like as Maurice and the Miz, like the post match segments are great. Everything comes together well, and they have great interactions with, like in the ring, outside the ring, in interviews. It's fun, but I think if the they let Miz stand on his own two legs, let's see where it goes. Naparang give it a shot. That's more. That's my belief. I agree. Um, you're right. Yeah, it, I do realize now that Maurice doesn't offer anything new. I mean, it, she worked well on SmackDown, eh? but now I really do think he can do without her. I I kind of disagree in the sense that um, I think Miz will start getting the Bailey treatment on Raw. Wow. Because Bailey has been so watered That's, down on Raw, uh, and now true. people don't give a shit about her. People who used to like I her still, don't like her anymore. I still like her. Yeah, well, well, you're you're a diehard, so you know, um, you don't count. But <laughs> okay. The the point I'm trying to make is yeah. Miz was so hot on SmackDown. Everybody wanted to see Miz, uh, regardless of him being heel, and now now he's gonna lose Maurice. I think. That uh, that mojo that he got from having Maurice around, that's gonna run out. So that's that's my hot take on on uh, the split between Miz and Maurice. I don't like it. Uh, all right. Um, that's a little sad. Speaking of mojo, yeah. What about mojo? getting back together with? Oh yeah, Zach. Sorry, just something that I, I like. We it. forgot. How do you, I, I like it. I like it as well. The hype bros died up. I thought they were gonna die a premature death the second that. Mojo won uh, the armbar, but now that Zack Ryder's back, I'm excited that the tag team scene gets the hype bros instead of us having to wait for Mojo to do something. Actually, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty lit right now. It is lit. They yeah. just need they just need a new shirt. No, I I love that they're picking up where they left off. Like the hype bros go out of their way to tell Daniel Bryan. Uh, uh, hey, we won an opportunity for the tag team championships. It just so happened that Zach got injured, yeah. and the division passed us by since then. But we did win um, an opportunity, so I think that it was fair for them to actually ask Call for that. that. One in. Yeah, 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 to to uh, have that continuity come in and you know get that opportunity that they want. And once again, superior storylines, SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Mostly because they kept this team together, unlike Enzo and Cass. Uh, I, have, I have so many issues with the Enzo and Cass okay. breakup. Let's let's start. Let's start. All right, let's unpack. Let's this. unpack this one by one. Unpacking. First of all, um, this is actually evocative of the troll culture that you mentioned in the Money in the Bank review. Because mm-hmm. they put the revival in as a red herring. So, what was the point of making them look all suspicious when, in the end, they're gonna assert their innocence anyway? Sure, you can argue that there's heel heat on the part of the revival because yeah. they're acting all self righteous. Does this mean that the revival are back in action? Now? Are they cleared? I think so. Is, uh, is Dash Dawson, can talk. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, he can talk. But no, but his, no, jaw was, jaw was the yeah, one. That, he could talk, but is he cleared? I wouldn't know. Well, he looked like he was dressed to compete. And yeah. So, so is this is this their way of saying, oh, the team the is way, still here? <laughs> they're still here. They're good. Yeah, but they they haven't been in action, but for the longest time, oh, the month. So almost. Right, so you have the revival. Ginamit lang nila as a red herring. You have the big show, who thankfully did not turn heel again. There's that. Because I don't think even Big Show at this point knows how many times he's turned and and, uh, switched alignments. And then you have Kurt Angle and Corey Graves. First of all, Kurt Angle was billed as having the answer to everybody's questions, and he'd reveal it by the end of the show. That he'd be credible. <laughs> and by the end of the show, Kurt Angle comes off looking incredibly oh, stupid. Oh, what the fuck? Because he's not even aware of what's going on. So, so that, that's one. Two, 
Corey Graves looks like the biggest busybody in the world. Sure, he's a heel commentator. That makes sense. Pero tangin is over pakayalamero niya. How did he know all of this instead of Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle is supposed to be the GM? So basically, basically, Corey Graves is Camus. <laughs> Corey Graves is more competent than Kurt Angle. Well, at this point, yes, at, yeah, yes. yeah, because Corey knew everything. Yeah, yeah, Corey apparently thought to check the CCTV. Yeah, when no one else did. So yeah, like um, I don't get why Corey Graves had to have the Scooby Doo moment of like unmasking <laughs> the culprit and revealing it to be you know big cast. So so um, those those are the first two issues. Now one, sayang your revival. Two, tanam bobo ni Kurt Angle. Three. Um, I understand the big cast sentiment, like where his character is coming from in a vacuum. Like, wouldn't you be pissed off if you had a friend whose mess you always had to clean up after? Well, <laughs> I think we know someone here whose mess we've always had to clean after and explain from time to time. So I kind of relate. Yeah, me if too. you have a friend like that, you kind of want to sock that friend every now and then, uh. right? So I get that. But the the thing about the situation is, I thought na the investment in the Enzo and Cash relationship hasn't hit the peak yet. It wasn't the right time to break them up. Actually, you know, um, it's not that it hasn't peaked. It has peaked, and we're now on the on the, on downside. the downside. No, my my counter argument to that is Enzo and Cass have only really been on the main roster for like a, a, an over a year. So, but you know, DIY hasn't been on the main roster. Yeah, but, but NXT is a different product in a vacuum. Yeah, nah, I mean, I'm yeah. saying that this would ha- they would have a lot more emotional investment if this happened on NXT. Yes, okay, that that would have made sense because they had years of history down at Full Sail. Um, I, I I like and I don't like the fact that Big Cass referenced NXT on his promo on Raw. But I liked it because no, no, okay. hold on, let me okay. finish. No, no, no. I liked it because again, continue uh, continuity. continuity. Yeah, okay. and and uh, it shows that they've been together for a really long time. I don't like it because the main target of Raw is still the casual audience. Mm. And the casual audience isn't as invested in Enzo and Cass as, say, the three of us who've True. been watching them since NXT. Uh, yeah, I agree. But uh, all the same, at least it gives some background on what, you know, as you said, it gives background on how long they've been together, right? So, oh, yeah, they don't really watch NXT, but at least they have a sense of, of history, history going into this, this angle. I think that, um, okay, I, I see the merit of the argument that sure Enzo and Cass have peaked. At the same time, the reason why the New Day hasn't been broken up, even though they're stale for a time, is they really sell a lot of merch. Mm. And Enzo and Cass also come up with a lot of merch. I feel bad for the Walgreens people. Their oh, Funko hi. Pops haven't even come out. Yeah. I feel bad. For, like, WWE really screwed them over. Oh. Well, I think people are still gonna buy them. Yeah, but no, it's just a two pack. When you still have both, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the Sammy and uh, Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens battle figure. pack. That no, that, that, that's a battle pack. It's anyway. So, yeah. Anyway. So, um, I I thought it was a swerve for the sake of having a swerve. I thought that the turn wasn't necessary. I really feel like the story would have been more fruitful had we just gone the obvious route and exposed the revival as the guys attacking Enzo and Cass. Okay. That's me. Um, I, I'm I'm really just upset because I don't like I don't like how they did it, and we we wasted an entire month only to come to that. Even though Enzo was brilliant, even though Enzo shed uh, legitimate, That's legitimate tear. Yeah, uh, I guess that uh, he he took classes from the Big Show School of Acting, oh. you know. But again, I don't like it. I hate it. I think uh, well, the other implication of this segment is Big Show is going to SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's a very good point. 
Um, am I the only one who found it funny in a big show yelled at Kurt Angle? After all we've been through, after our friendship, and then I thought of Kurt Angle tranquilizing Big Show. <laughs> After all we've been through. Oh my God. And then, and then, so the images that popped in my head are one, the tranquilizer. And then two, show, choke slamming Kurt Angle <laughs> off, the, off the ledge, yeah. yeah. Oh shit, sorry. Yes, it's a... Okay. <laughs> that was the year that we, most of us, like, the, 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 yeah. we really started watching wrestling. And for those of you who haven't seen it, Look for that video of Kurt Angle tranquilizing the big show because it is some of the greatest what the fuck is going on. No, that of year of heel Kurt Angle with him at his heeliest. Is that or a heelist. No, 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 no. I mean, he, him trying to go after Charmel. The, next, the, the year after, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? 2005? All yeah. oh, right. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. That was, no, I thought that it was, was all really in the same year. Creepy. Yeah, creepy Kurt Angle. <laughs> creepy Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and now he's uh, incompetent, Kurt. So moving forward, bumbling Tita Hart. No, moving forward for Enzo. Let's let's look at Enzo and Cass. A lot of people have been floating the idea around that Enzo goes to two hundred five live, and that Cass gets his singles run. The singles run, I'm okay with, because he's shown he was shown while Enzo was hurt that he can be a singles guy, and he can be a decent singles guy, but. Enzo on 205 Live, do you think he'll hold up? Yeah, I think he will. Um, As I said before, uh, I also floated the possibility of Sammy cutting weight and joining 205 Live. I wouldn't Uh, want that, though. I I, I, I do because I watch the show religiously, but pretty much almost religiously. Uh, I do want as many big names on the thing as possible. That's why I I am okay with Neville being in the cruiserweight division. That's why I'm also okay with Aleister Black possibly coming to 205 Live, Kalisto, uh, who else? Um, the, a lot, a lot of other... There, the counter-argument there, Naman, is there, there are too many stars now on 205 oh, yeah, Live that true. they know how to, uh, to book. But like Grand Metalik, we don't see him. If he does appear, he's on main, main event, event and he loses. So if you have a problem what more if you put in all these other factors? Oh, these, these guys will, will carry the division, for sure. It just means that you're going to sacrifice a lot of the Cruiserweight Classic guys. Yeah. I just um, okay, but uh, if, if, if it go, means uh, you know, sorry, I mean it's kind of utilitarian. But if it means having a more renowned cruiserweight division, a more visible cruiserweight division, I'm all for it. I just hope that if these guys do go to 205 Live, that they don't stay there in a vacuum. You need problem also cruiserweight mm, division. Now, if you're okay. a cruiserweight, you're, you're only a cruiserweight. You only wrestle when the ropes are purple, and if the ropes are red or blue, you stay the fuck out. That's okay. why I'm glad that the Singh brothers became the Singh brothers. Hmm. Uh, that's why I'm glad na Sammy hasn't cut weight or that uh, Enzo yeah. never no. really touched. Oh yeah, it. that's fine. That's uh, as long as you know there is this, uh, no, there is no more uh, weird, rope. yeah, yeah, weird purple pur- purple boundary separating. Uh, that's why I'm also I'm super welcoming about this whole uh, this whole Titus Brand thing. Yeah, because uh, his Titus crossover cr- recruiting to Tazawa. Team Dragon Gate. Yeah, because it means that it, poss- it could possibly mean that Tazawa can team with either Apollo or Titus to challenge for the tag, t- tag team titles, right? You would have thought that Sasha Banks crossing over to 205 Live was was the start, but the catalyst for like breaking down that barrier, mm. that division, and yet she just got uh, pigeonholed into this stupid uh, Noam Dar Alicia Fox storyline. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, thank it's God. Fine. Thank God. It's fine. All right. Um, 
Really quickly, I have to mention Roman Reigns because I remember watching that opening promo on Raw this week, Aish. and I just was super bothered. Aish. Bothered. Um, Aish, delusional Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, and so he comes to the ring and cuts a promo like a heel. He acts all self righteous, calling it his yard, and he demands a title shot just because he's it's his never yard. Been beaten one on one. No, no, he enumerates <laughs> the people he's beaten one on one who also beaten him one on one. Right, Bullshit. and yet when you put him in the ring against, say, Samoa Joe or any other heel, he always has to be the underdog. So at this point, is the creative team or is Vince McMahon really just fucking with us? Yup. Yeah. Yup. 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 There is no way around it. They're just forcing him down our throats. No, it's not. It's not even the forcing him down our throats. It's really just messing with us. Parang, like I know you don't like it when he does this, so let's make him do more of what you don't like. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, Sana na can we just, you know... Turn him heel for real. At this point, uh, when Braun came out of the ambulance, <laughs> I love that. That was he, so good. He was cool. celebrating like a face. <laughs> so good. So maybe it is time. Maybe this is the implicit turn. Double turn. Yeah. yeah. I'm all I for can, it. I can do that. I mark out every time I hear Braun. Also, Roman Reigns' new shirt sucks balls. Yes, oh, sorry. Yung, yung, yung curves the shirt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the curves. Tapos good. This is my yard, pa. Ah, okay. So ano? Uh, so uh, you you like make the boundaries for like real estate and shit. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fucking Roman Reigns. Anyway, uh, there there's one more thing on our list for today that we have to talk about, and I think we can have some fun with this last bit. It it's, doesn't have anything to do with WWE right now. Yeah, actually, uh, there are two tournaments. That are happening or are, are about to happen simultaneously. One is happening in Lucha Underground, and it's the Cueto Cup, and one is in New Japan, which is the G1 Climax. So you have the Cueto Cup, which is basically like the Cruiserweight Classic, single elimination. Yeah, thirty-two uh, participants, single elimination, and it the almost winner, would be the Cruiserweight Classic if it weren't for the heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't for the Mac. <laughs> the winner goes all the way to Ultima Lucha Tres to challenge for the Lucha Underground Championship, regardless of who, who the champion is by then. And for the G1 Climax, uh, it's kind of like their version of the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. Can I just say that it was only the other day that I real I learned I learned after some googling that Ola Suerte is actually Mr. Cisco. Oh oh wow! Yeah, you're kidding me! I did not know I beat you to that. Ah uh, yeah, because I did stop watching for a while. Ah. ah. Yeah, so yeah, Malasuerte is Mr. Cisco. So I'm glad they found some use for the little Cholo. No, I, I, I do like the way they keep reusing people yeah, in different gimmicks. Yeah. That's the beauty of you know having a masked wrestler. Well, we'll talk to Bale about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good somewhere. But uh, anyway, uh, you, and you might never know that there are some people in the local scene who are do- doing you know who are pulling double duty. Yeah, as yeah. masked wrestlers. Yes, you never know. John Lloyd could come up. For not just John Lloyd. Wait, who the fuck is Captain PWR anyway? Are, are we sure it's not you? I, it's pre- I'm pretty sure it's not me. Me picture banana. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During that match. During really? that match. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes there. sense. Huh? I'm there. Maybe Adibayka. Well, we know it's not Gabi Alipe. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> we can Gabi Alipe was a special referee. You know what? I'm kind of upset that they didn't even introduce Gabi Alipe. Like, I don't think I, think was, ring. I didn't even know he was going to be part of the program. Neither yeah, did I. Neither did I. So parang, parang, it, I think uh, it was sprung up on us at the very, uh, not the very last, but some, somewhere some late. that day. For those of you day. who don't get the context, Gabi Alipe was the guy in the Unfather's Day PWR videos. Who got, who got headlocked by our friend. Yes, John Lloyd. Our masked friend, who shall be named John Lloyd for now. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, Gabby Alipa appeared again at the Unfather's Day live event over at Eastwood, and he was the special guest referee between Capitan PWR and the Smart Henry scholar who goes by Jan Evander. Yeah, how come you guys, Smart Henry? How come you guys aren't acknowledging him as your scholar? You paid for his tuition. Yeah, well, I'm acknowledging him. We are on this podcast. No, and this, and wait, MDJ isn't acknowledging him. What the oh, hell? He's, he's Aren't you proud that he had a match for the first time? And that Gabi Alipe was he a special He had a match rapper. before the two of us had a match. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Anyway. But he got a lot of mileage, though. He did. He did. You. Yes. Yes. You have a lot of mileage. Yes? Yes, you yes, do. Yes, you grab do. Camus. What the hell? You want to reach more engagement, more? I just know that I'm getting bookings. You're, you're basically an NPC that's getting over. <laughs> Damn, I'm Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, back to the tournament. No one is playing you. Right, back yeah, to the back, tournament. Back to the okay. tournament. So, Sorry. all right, let's talk about the G1 climax first, because I know that uh, Kamas has been trying to jizz over this since Kanina. Oh no, no, not really jizz. Just uh, the, write it down. Write it down. Who is in the G1? Okay, you want to write down? Block, yeah, for block. Uh, blocks. What blocks. blocks. Just participants. What the fuck? No, because they're about to announce the oh, yeah, blocks yeah, at yeah, the end of the. Aren't they like matchups already? No, no. That's just you that's need just to find out the blocks first when you before, before you find out the matchups. matchups. Ah, okay. That's the that's phase two, right? So, I just want to go through the. Let's talk about the interesting ones. This is Yuji Nagata's nineteenth G one climax, and probably going to be his last one. So, that's something nice for him. So you got Yuji Nagata, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Togi Makabe, Michael Elgin, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroki Goto. Tomohiro Ishii, Toruyano, Yoshihashi, Kenny Omega, Bad Luck Fale, Tamatonga, Tetsuya Naito, Sanada, Evil, Kojima, Juice Robinson, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Kota Ibushi. Now, the big names that stand out here, Kota Ibushi is coming in, not as Tiger Mask W. Fuck that. Fuck, Fuck both of them. Fuck both of them, but the interesting thing is, there is a scenario that can play out where we get Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega in the final. Which is something that we've waited for for a long time for the guys who have seen the, both of them in DDT, who have seen them both as juniors in NJPW. This is a matchup that is never really happened on such a big stage and would be an excellent stage for Kenny Omega to set up his big return to Wrestle Kingdom Ooh, if yeah, he yeah. takes out Kota Ibushi. Uh, their name was Golden Lovers, right? Yes, as a tag team. Yeah, Golden Lovers. The right. Golden Lovers. And then... Is that their official name? That was yeah, their yeah, official that was name, name. With a star yes. between it. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Star Lovers. I thought that was, was like a ship name. No, no, no. no, no. Although it does look like a ship. It's Wait, what came first? The Golden Star moniker or Golden Lovers? Golden Lovers was first. Ah. Golden Lovers. So what was Kenny? The lover. <laughs> no, he was... He, <laughs> he was, was the lover. He was the lover, but he was blonde back then. All right. He was blonde okay, back then. Okay, so r- run down the rest of the lineup. The, no, that is everyone. Okay. The interesting thing is that Zack Sabre Jr. is competing here when, in fact, he should have been in the best of the Super Juniors. Is Juice the first ex-WWE guy in the G1? I think so. Are you going to count ZSJ? Yeah, ZSJ is in it. No, no, no. Oh, as an well, XWB guy because he did compete no, in the no, season. No, he wasn't no, signed. No. He wasn't signed. At the same I'm, time... I'm consider- I mean, homegrown. Yeah. At the same time, this is Minoru Suzuki's first Was it Gallows G1. before? He was shot before. I think Gallows did make it one year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was the first. Yeah, or, he might have been, been, been the first. He might have been the earlier in one. In long... It's been a while. Juice is the first FCW talent. 
Yeah, we can go with that. And then, what else is interesting? Well, the field is stacked. Michael Elgin as signed talent is also interesting. Didn't you last year? Didn't you last year? But the thing is, this year, this year, after all the injuries he's been through lately, I think this might be his way back into the intercontinental scene. Sure. So, there's a lot of nice things that can be set up coming from this G1. Alright, so what's up for grabs is the winner. If you're not the current heavyweight champion, you get to challenge the champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And between the G1 Climax final and Wrestle Kingdom, anyone can challenge for your title opportunity and you have to defend it. Tama. No, anyone who beat you during the no, during the tournament can oh, challenge okay. you. Oh, okay. So not just anyone. Not just anyone. Like, no random Yoshitatsu challenges. No, none of that shit. Alright, so okay. So if say only three people beat you, only these three guys can actually get in the way. Yes, All right. And, and that's if, usually the case that they make they make it compelling enough that those three guys make it interesting make it interesting for you between now and Wrestle Kingdom. All right. So Okada is the heavyweight champion, and if he wins, he gets to pick his opponent for Wrestle Kingdom. And in this, essence, and and, and um, wait, this happened. Has this happened before? Like the heavyweight champion actually wins G one? No. Not not in recent memory. I think we'd have to ask that guy Lance, but it's been a while since that happened. Like pre this generation. Pre this and, generation. and in typical New Japan fashion, it's gonna happen over the, over a course of what two a weeks month. or a month? Yeah, close to a month. They have to do the specials first in LA, which are happening next weekend. Yeah, this is the Long Beach show. The Long Beach show is next weekend, and then after that, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, what's nice about uh, the G1 Climax is that it's round-robin and that it's also points-based. Yes. So a win gets you two points, a draw gets you one, a, a loss obviously gets you zero, and then the top scorer in block A meets the top scorer in block, block B, B in the finals, yeah. right? So compare and contrast that to, say, the CWC format or the Queto Cup format where you have 32 participants in a single elimination-style tournament. It's basically March Madness for wrestlers. And my issue with, with that <laughs> style is that even though... It's it, it shortens what is obviously a long, long tournament. Long, long tournament. Yeah. The first round matchups are mostly predictable. Sometimes even the second round. Like we saw this in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, names like Anthony Bennett, not the fat former number one <laughs> overall pick. Or the Mac, you know, face TJP, the ba- it was yeah. pretty obvious who was gonna advance. So pretty bitter over and uh Roland Mendoza. <laughs> oh, he, he's back on NXT anyway. Man. He's he oh really? he haven't been watching. He's on, He's NXT. on NXT this week, uh, last um, week. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I haven't finished last week's episode. Yeah, he got uh, beaten up by Drew McIntyre. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, he hey, dropped Drew McIntyre. Hey, enhancement talent for some guys. It's Any, a gig. Anyway, so the Cueto Cup, uh, we're two weeks in, so we've had eight matches in the first round. You know, there are some obvious ones. That there there are some shockers. Like I was surprised that uh, Mascarita Sagrada didn't advance. I thought that he would have advanced against Pindar because you know. <laughs> Jabroni lizard. Oh, he is a champion though. <laughs> Kite na. He's yeah. a henchman. Yeah, so this, this henchman lizard actually advanced to the second round. So that was a shocker. And then you yeah, had squashes like Tejano just uh, pinning Famous B after Famous B laid down for it. He said Yeah. Um, the one thing I like though is that there are little arcs um, between Within wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, there's, there are little arcs within the arc which they do get to explore in these first round matchups. Mm. So that part kind of comforts me it, um, and kind of compensates for the fact that it's predictable. Niya. I, uh, I like how it maximizes the roster because Lucha Underground's roster is also expand, expanded at this it's point. deeper than you think, yeah. Yeah. 
So um, you'd be surprised. Uh, yes, they do have 32 wrestlers. And uh, there are more women than sexy star at Mariposa. Obviously, you have Ivelisse, Cobra Moon, Black Lotus. The, the uh, is is Black, Black Lotus, Lotus back? Crew? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. So, so they're back. Her uh, whole crew. Yeah, and Pentagon's out to get them. So you have all these little storylines coming into play. And then you have Phoenix and Melissa Santos becoming uh, a, a couple thing. on screen. Uh, you have Councilman Mendoza getting his head literally punched Legado. off. Legado. Ah, sorry, Legado. yeah, Delgado. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so you actually see his eyeball rolling on the oh, floor. Yeah. <laughs> After Cage obliterates his head literally with the gauntlet. I hate it when they do the killings off screen. Yeah, um, well, well, I have high special think, effects, Jen. No, I think they have to do it because. No, fuck that. TV. No, fuck. People die on. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Have you heard commentary? They say shit all the time. Yeah. Well, it what? doesn't have to be so super gory. It could just be cheesy. <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine just the head. Don't you remember off. how, you know, how. Jim Carlin's Esposito dies in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, what's up for grabs is the main event slot, basically, in Ultima Lucha 3. Um, in between that, you also get these little vignettes of Rey Mysterio versus Johnny Mundo with Mike Chavello being yeah, what the, fuck? the narrator. That? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> I, 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 it, it was confusing the first time I saw it, and I'm just like, the fuck? No, I think they're trying to hype it like it was a Floyd Mayweather fight. Oh, my, it's ESPN 30, I mean. 30 for 30. 30, 30. Not 30 for 30, 30 for 7 HBO. Ah, yes, yes. So, yeah, they're, they're doing all of that stuff on Lucha Underground. It's it's making it a fun second half so far. But how did you match it? I think it's during the finals of the Cueto Cup. Oh. Which should be in another two months. Ah, so whoever wins that match. And no, no, no. Um, it's it's a match on the same card. Yeah, yeah. Whoever wins the Cueto uh, Cup gets to face whoever wins their match, obviously. Essentially, yeah. If we make it to Ultima Lucha 3 by then. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you have these little feuds like Marty the Moth now going up against Phoenix, stuff like that. So, um, a, a lot of fun stuff happening in Lucha Underground. I just wish that uh, more people just got back into it. I, I understand that the hiatus just makes it hard for people to really follow. The and there was, just get back just in. Just get back I in. Just, so just jump. Just jump in. Jump it. back in. You know what? This is uh, this is gonna be a request uh, to Anthony Coelho, who covers Lucha Underground on Smart Henry. Uh-huh. I wish he came up with a primer. Like, here's what happened last uh, during the first did. half. I'm pretty sure he did. Before, right before the hiatus. Yes, he did. He did. Oh yeah, 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 he yeah. Did. yeah, yeah, yeah. A very, a very uh, condensed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying. I, I wish there was like a primer, but I apparently there was. I just didn't remember about. It. I didn't remember it. Anyway. So, so there, um, tournaments in wrestling, they are generally fun, and it's something WWE doesn't do a lot of. Well, they do now, right? I guess. I, I just wish they did more of it, just because it really makes these one, one-on-one matches mean more, instead of getting a random Nakamura Ziggler match on free TV. I'm not going to complain about it too much, but, you know, it's, it's a random match, now. the outcome really doesn't make sense, or doesn't, um, the outcome doesn't affect any major storyline. So there. Right. Okay, so that that takes care of the tournament uh, tournament part of this week's podcast. I think we're about to end. We're about to wind down now, so we might as well get to our picks of the week. <laughs> right as I say, pick of the week, Kamas enters the bathroom <laughs> to do God knows what. I thought you were still going. I thought you were still going. No, no. So we're, we're we're about to end here. So we've had uh, a lot of tea tonight. Yeah. Well, let, let's get our picks of the week. You can go first. You can go pee. My pick of the week is Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank men's match. Yeah, really? I really like the Seriously, ending. Seriously, in the I money, really like, 
I really like the way that it went down. Like the only the only memorable spot is the AJ Nakamura, AJ Nakamura showdown. No, AJ Nakamura showdown was great. The Sami Zayn powerbomb was great. Oh yeah, sure. Kevin Owens almost dying on every ladder spot is great. There are moments in that match that make it good and watchable, but the first half sucked, but I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Alright, uh, I haven't seen all of this week's wrestling yet, but I would like to say that the tag team match, the tag team championship match, Usos versus New Day, was my pick of the week. Uh, a lot of people are shitting on the count-out uh, decision, but I liked it, because it, it, it showed that the Usos were pretty smart. Uh, they knew that they couldn't be the new day like that, so you know, take do the heel thing to do and take the count out and keep the championships. On that note, really quickly, what do you think about um, yung, yung pagkakoman these days for the use of say like the count out or the draw? Like, I'm still a bit salty from last week. Na the Cesaro, Sheamus, and Matt and Matt and Jeff Hardy match ended in a draw, and then I catch Okada Omega two. It also ends in a draw. What are your thoughts on it just being so common? Over the last I'll, couple of weeks. Well, for one thing, a draw is much different from a countout. A draw just means that both teams are too good that they can't beat each other. But but what's like a draw? I didn't get to catch the match. Oh. Uh, which one? The raw main event? Yeah, yeah the raw main event. Uh, they were both counted out. Yeah. Ah, double count oh, out, double count out. Right. Yeah, double count out in the last fall. Right, right, right. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, well, something I was that's entirely about. different, and obviously the Okada Omega, Omega match, match is entirely different as well. But, um, but there was since, a story there that, that in that they just uh, Omega just couldn't could get the job done and Okada couldn't, couldn't get, get the job done as well. well. Yeah, right. So uh-huh. neither man has. But to me, the, the Usos uh, countout move is pretty clever than most other countouts Countouts. that we get nowadays because they they use it as a strategy Mm-mm. to keep the championships. Because you know, Not lose the battle, but you don't lose the war yet. Yeah. More importantly, uh, the New Day just didn't get the titles back. Oh. Again. And it stretches out yeah, this yeah. feud. So I'm okay with that, even though you know people are complaining that, oh, it's a count-out on a pay-per-view, but why couldn't you just end it cleanly or cheat to win, right? Uh, well, on, on your other point, though, it, it's, it's warranted if, the, if it's earned, if, if the result is earned. Like, for both of those, I think... Uh, maybe the count out isn't so it, the count out between Cesaro and and the Hardy Boys it wasn't earned that much because you know you could have done a lot of other things to, to force a draw right and the match was super short yeah and it's raw raw is raw right but Okada Omega they definitely earned the draw so it all boils down to whether your booking and your wrestling is enough to to forcibly earn that result and you know make people satisfied that it wasn't conclusive all right. Uh, my pick of the week will probably be um, the main event of Lucha Underground this week, Phoenix versus Mariposa. Oh, yeah. it, it was really? a huh? Phoenix versus Mariposa. Yeah, yeah. And this week, yeah, yeah this week. week. Yeah, I saw this last week. week's right. So it was a quick, uh, quick match, like under nine minutes. But it was fun just watching them counter one another and uh, watching Phoenix try to be all gentlemanly and Mariposa just flat out refusing. And the character work there was something I really paid attention to, and I, uh, I, I just enjoyed how Phoenix got his mojo back, even. Just two weeks after Drago screwed him and Aerostar over. It's weird though that Aerostar had to face Drago again in the first round of the Cueto Cup. And then Phoenix gets a pass in the other bracket. <laughs> like in, complete, in a completely opposite bracket where he won't have to encounter Drago until, say, the finals. Because they're really on opposite sides. Yeah, if, if both of them even make it to the finals. Yeah, that far. Yeah. So you know, because it is so long. Yeah, uh, it's going to run in two months. Like the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah, Christopher Casio only had like what? 32, right? Yeah, no, there were 30, 30, 32. 32. No, 32. 32. Oh, yeah. Jesus. 32 Still. guys and then 10 weeks. Right, right, right. Yeah, so like the first round went an entire rounds. month. Because I was thinking of the Dusty of the Dusty Rhodes. 16, 16 guys. So, you know, but 32 guys. 32 total. guys. 16 oh, yeah, yeah. teams. 16 tag teams. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Uh, we hope that our intended guest for this week gets better so that we can have her on soon. Soon. Probably. Sooner than later. Hopefully with Shan is around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we can make this happen. Next week, we're probably going to be doing a Renaissance review. Oh. That's most likely in the cards. So that's something that I'm sure everyone who's been uh, following PWR over the last three years is going to look forward to. This is the fourth Renaissance. This is Jeez. technically year four. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're all going to have fun on Sunday at Playland. Playland over at Fisher Mall if you don't have tickets yet. Holla at your boys. We're going to give you discounted tickets until Saturday. This is out in the open. Like, we say this on social media. This is Everywhere. not even an exclusive discount. This is just a discount full stop. So uh, let us know over on social media, Facebook or Twitter, however you want, at Rosewar, at Caveman Camus, at underscore Stancy. And we'll catch at you again. SGP Podcast. Yeah, at the SVP Podcast. And we'll catch you again next week for a brand new episode of the SVP Podcast where it's just these two guys because I'll be continuing the hashtag Stancy World Tour. After a couple of months hiatus. Yeah. So we're out of here. Sit down. Be humble. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.